Hi, and welcome to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh Alien E.B.E. Baczynski. And today I have with me a lovely group of people on the show. I have Ted Kabaitis. Say hi there, Ted. Ted, you're muted. Sorry. Mute disorder. Hello. That's Ted. I have Melissa with us, our Facebook guru. Hello. And I have a few people here from my mentorship groups, uh, David, Dan, and Connor, who might be asking some questions later on in the show. If you've never seen the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show before, where have you been? We are the best SEO show on the YouTubes. Uh, it's for a number of reasons. One, because we have the best set de uh, uh, decoration, courtesy of, of Melissa. Two, <laughs> because uh, we use the highest and most stringent kind of scientific testing we can do for SEO factors and for Facebook factors, for that matter. And we're here to bring you as much information as we can as to the real actual ranking factors and not the guesses or not the superstition or not the the beliefs of other people who have no idea what they're talking about. They just read a blog somewhere or listen to Google and they take that as gospel. We don't take anything as gospel and we argue to the death <laughs> what the SEO ranking factors actually are based on real scientific knowledge. And uh, we try to provide as much as we can uh, as that for you. I have a mentorship group where you can get access to the full scientific tests that my group has done. And we also have partnered groups. And Ted is the author of the amazing Cora software, which is uh, the, the most powerful, uh, the single most powerful SEO uh, uh, measurement tool online to date that tracks everything could possibly be important and will definitely help you in your SEO. Um, how is everyone doing today? How are you guys doing? Awesome. Okay, glad to hear it. <laughs> okay. I'm awesome anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we, we already knew that. Yeah, I'm getting over a cold still. So, you know, I'm doing good though. I'm developing new features for Cora. Yes. So we might as well get that out of the way, Ted. You told me something today that blew my mind. <laughs> Literally, like my brain went on, on my Windows machine. I had to scrape it up, put it back in the box, and put my wig back on. Uh, uh, so, uh, why don't you tell us what new crazy things coming out in Cora? This is the most amazing, not to undersell it for you, Ted, but this is the single most amazing SEO factor, SEO, um, improvement or SEO feature of an SEO tool ever made ever go. <laughs> well, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a big leap. Uh, people that have, uh, been, with the software since it was in beta will remember way back during the beta program we had a feature that allowed you to share data uh, with the server and one of the problems with that is if you've ever seen a Cora report it's a heck of a lot of data and so there's just you know problems with you know transferring and storing and analyzing you know thousands of reports uh, like that. And so I've been uh, working with some advisors in, in mathematics and statistics. And we came down with the idea that if we can reduce uh, the data down to formulas for, for lines that represent the data, uh, then those are much shorter and easier to, to store and to use and to work with. So by creating these line equations of what the, what the data points are, instead of sending all of the data, we get this massive compression. Uh, 
And so because of that, we can start sharing the data across the community. Uh, so we'll have a feature. So it'll it'll be an opt-in, opt-out checkbox for sharing. And it won't share your keywords or anything. All of that will still be kept private, but it'll send anonymous factor data. So you'll be able to find out how does this factor, you know, trend across like a thousand recent queries. And you'll be able to just instantly see, hey, uh, how broadly applicable is this one factor that's correlating strong right now for me for this keyword? And so that's that's great data to have, you know, at, at a near real-time uh, turnaround. And so that's what we're doing. So I'm integrating the features that allow the sharing. And then uh, as soon as we have uh, data into that system, then we'll uh, expose the features that let you get the data back out of the system. And then we can crowdsource among the whole community to get this awesome data. So uh, that is amazing. So for to, to put it in normal human speak for everybody else who, who doesn't operate on the same level Ted does, um, remember what search metrics and Moz used to do uh, way back years ago? They used to make these huge uh, correlation reports that would tell us they'd, they'd analyze, you know, however many 10 million keywords and they'd come back and they'd purport to tell us what correlates highly with rankings and what doesn't. And they do this maybe once a year, maybe once every second year. They haven't done it for a very long time because they realize they just don't have the data. They just don't have the knowledge to do it. Uh, Ted is going to, uh, uh, it's, it's possible that Ted could literally make it in Quora that you could see this data in real time. So you could watch the ranking factors go up or down in real time, people, and uh, just keep on thinking about that. So um, uh, now people are asking uh, in the chat, you know, like, what is what is Cora track? Cora tracks everything. Cora tracks every conceivable ranking factor uh, that that is has to do with the the pages that Google crawls, and so all the on-page factors, all the off-page factors, social factors, stuff like that. Uh, that 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 correlate with a tag inside the page or something. The only thing that Cora can't track right now that we suspect is a factor, uh, and for those of us who don't experience know very well is, is uh, is user clicks. But I mean that's another thing. That's another conversation we can have there. But but basically uh, the majority, at least half, if not the majority of the ranking algorithm, Cora can track. And now if if we're able to opt in and share this data. We can track it real time, and and when Google makes an update, you could see it shifting in real time into what the actual algorithm is. Basically, it is a complete NSA spy tool that we will have access to that no one else will. Uh, I'm well, I don't know how that will work. Ted, it's up to Ted to decide, of course, how he'll release this information just to Cora subscribers or maybe on his website. Bernard, he's I don't know what he's going to do there, but uh, we will have access to this information that can tell us in real time exactly what, what Google just did. We'll be able to see changes that Barry Schwartz doesn't see. We'll be able to see changes that nobody else notices. We'll be able to detect small, subtle, subtle differences. This is completely like a uh, Richter scale watching the Earth, and as soon as Google makes a movement, we're going to see our little our little things go beep, 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 beep. We're going to tell what factors exactly changed and how much they changed. The more data we put into this thing, the more powerful it's going to be. So, that is, so that's unbelievable that that's coming up. Uh, Cora already gives you this capability with a tool called Cora Diff. Once Google makes a change, if you've taken a, a, a snapshot of your data before the change and you check your, your data after the change, 
we can already see huge massive changes that Google has done but now it, it'll be running that we have to do that uh, uh, we have to do that uh, uh, analog we have to make a picture and a picture and then compare the two and core will do that for you automatically as long as we've made the pictures now Ted correct me if I'm wrong but this way you're going to be using the tool uh, is going to be in real time and working in real time yeah like one of one of the problems with Cora death is that if you don't have an archive, uh, you don't necessarily know how things change or how things compare to the rest of the world at large. So this gives us another way to say, take a brand new query we don't have history for, but compare to the factors overall across a large number of community queries and say, how how is my keyword changed against what the baseline is for the community? Right. Uh, and uh, so two things I want to say that. One, in the way Cork currently operates, here's a pro tip that I, that I do. I, I schedule in my calendar every 18th of the month, for example. I picked a random date that in my experience I know Google doesn't often do updates. They usually seem to do updates in the beginning of the month or the end of the month. So I pick kind of the middle of the month and maybe just a few days after it. And I have it in my calendar, a reminder for me to run three reports every 18th of the month. So I always have a core diff to go back to. When someone says, Josh, what happened? What changed in this algorithm? I can go, well, I don't know, but I have a core diff. Let me check. And I do, uh, and this, this leads into the second thing I, I want to talk about. And Ted, you're going to have to correct me where I'm wrong and, and what you want to do there. I, I break out my three queries for the core diff on the, the sales and search funnel. I do a no-do query. So I do what is Bitcoin? That's my no, that's my, sorry, my no query, my informational query, what is Bitcoin? So I see what's changed in the informational realm from month to month. I do a no do query and that I think is best miter saw, I think I'm doing or best table stands, something like that. That's an obvious in the middle of the road, no do query where they, they, they might wanna get more information on miter stands and they wanna know the best one. And so the credit card is close to hand but they're not ready to make a purchase yet. That's called a no do query for by Google. And a do query, or otherwise what we call uh, transactional queries uh, or purchase queries, I do buy, I think it's Herbal Viagra. I think that's the spammiest one I can think of. So buy Herbal, buy Herbal Viagra, and I run that every month. And, and running it, segmenting it like that in the three different parts of the search and sales funnel has given me a ton of extra information to see what changes here but doesn't change here and what changes here but doesn't change there. And so that's how I run my diffs. So one, that's a pro tip for you guys. I, I recommend you just set a calendar thing to remind you to do it. Now, can we expect, to, Ted, to see any of this kind of functionality in this new uh, real-time one you're making? Uh, yep, we're working on developing that. We're using a uh, different lexicon because I, I'm going to wager that most of the people out there, when you started saying no queries, no do queries, right. do queries, they all glossed over. And oh. <laughs> So we're going to translate that in, into English. They're going to be question queries. They're going to be sentiment queries. They're going to be commercial intent queries, uh, which is really what they break out into. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh is referring to a lexicon that came out of the quality rater guidelines and discussions from that. Mm -hmm. And are more technical jargon that very few people actually use. And they confuse the heck out of me. So if you are confused by it too, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's informational, informational slash transactional and transactional. It's it's both the sales funnel of people 
what what is what is uh, what is herbal Viagra? They're looking around. What is this thing I hear talking about? Then they want to know the, about the best herbal Viagra, and they because they're thinking maybe I'll try it. And then they're going to go down to buy herbal Viagra if they're pr proceeding along the sales funnel, or you know, pick another product if that one makes you feel squeamish. But, but that's the general idea, and they could have different ranking factors for different uh, areas of the sales funnel. Yeah, so we're not gonna we're not going to share any keyword data, but we will classify the keywords. Uh, by those basic classifications, is it a uh, is it a question query? Is it a sentiment query? Is it a uh, commerce query, or is it unclassified? And that way, if you want to segment by those classifications, you can. That's awesome. So, so if you're an affiliate, for example, and all of your queries you want to rank for are uh, best ten miter saws or top ten top 10 uh, screwdrivers, whatever it is, Ted's going to have this real-time tool speci specifically broken down just for you and your class of queries that you care about the most. The, 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 these will be the sentiment queries that, that uh, Ted mentioned. And you could check to see how Google's ranking algorithms have changed just for those kinds of queries to get more of a laser focus, but using the information of the entire Quora user base of what queries they're running and what kind of stuff that they're doing. So that... That is fantastic, Ted. That is just unbelievable. Uh, you've done you've done it again, Ted. Ted's done it again. Uh, he is head and shoulders above any other SEO tool out there. Uh, and uh, you, if you're not on Cora, you got to check it out. Bitly slash get dash Cora. Bit dot b i t dot l y slash g e t dash c o r a. That's for twenty five percent off Cora. Uh, no idea how much longer that discount will will, will last. Uh, so you want to use that coupon code as quick as possible to check this thing out and you want to be on the ground floor when, when this gets released. And this is, this is the best way. And I'm not, this is not a sales pitch. I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's butt. This is, this is a fact. You tell me what other way you have that you can track Google in real time for all these factors and know beyond a shadow of a doubt with the math and the science behind it, that this is going to tell you exactly what Google is doing. You just show me another piece of software that does this. And try and do it manually. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it would take you a thousand hours. It would it would be ridiculous. So, Cora is the standard uh, industry de facto standard measurement tool. If you're not using it, you uh, uh, you really are missing out. And I, I, it is it is for my mentorship group, my science based SEO mentorship group. It is our primary SEO tool. It's a measurement tool. It's like a tape measure in our belt. Uh, and if you're not using it, uh, you are not an SEO scientist. You have you, pro you probably are, are, you're tying both hands behind your back. Okay. So thank you, Ted, for sharing that with us. That is unbelie unbelievably exciting. And people don't need to worry. I do have heating. It's just when I get sick, I tend to feel cold and I want to turn up the thermostat and I end up cooking my family. So <laughs> instead of doing that, I'm just wearing my coat and hat. All right. Fantastic. So uh, that's a tough act to follow, but Melissa, I know you had some small news about Facebook that is oh, still sure. very interesting. Well, can you share with us what, uh, what you have going on there? Well, I'm going to blow your, no, I'm not blowing anyone's mind. <laughs> I want to go before Ted next time. <laughs> um, I was just going to quickly, I've, I think I've spoken about it before about using your custom audiences when you're in your Facebook. Uh, ad manager, but I want to bring it up again because the last time I talked about it and using video views to make audiences, I got some questions just 
well, what are you talking about audiences before we could even get into the video views. So I just wanna remind people that when you're in your ad manager, you can go in, you click the little audiences with the hamburger menu, at the very bottom comes up all tools, and then under asset, there's something called audiences. So this is different from when you're making a direct traffic ad and you can just choose it in there. Here's where you can specify and you get much more usability out of Facebook's uh, tools. Under that audiences, you can create an audience and lookalike audience is something that's really powerful. I thought I'd mention today. It's again, nothing too new, but a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about. So under that create audience, you just click it and up comes the possibility of a lookalike or a custom lookalike audience. You just go in there and you can find a source depending on what you've set up on your Facebook. You can use your value-based sources, which would be your product catalogs and stuff. But the other sources is the thing I spoke about before using video views. So you can go in and use different, if someone has watched 90% of a video, or 25% of a video, you can also choose web visits. There's so many things there. And then you make those custom audiences. Mm -hmm. I would suggest in kind of pretty standard, I think people should do is a 1% lookalike audience. I can't remember which, if it was Sprout, one of the big social teams did a did a test on it. And the 1% were definitely the ones that paid off because they're 1% closer rather than two, five or 10. That, probably just goes according to logic. But um, doing a 1% audience also, the reason I bring it up is you might've been hammering a bunch of audiences before the holiday season and you might be looking for new people. So Facebook will collect mm. that and based how close it is, you could have a whole fresh new audience and start serving up some stuff that the people you've been talking to all before Christmas might not wanna see anymore. So you get a new audience base. That's fantastic. Um, I just wanna remind everybody that Facebook traffic is like, I can't believe how few people are using it. Other than Google, Facebook is the largest traffic source you could possibly be going for. It is the other main one. It's not Google and Bing, it's Google and Facebook by far, by far. And if you're not taking advantage of all the traffic on Facebook, you really are missing out for two reasons. One, there's traffic on Facebook and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And if you follow uh, gurus like Melissa, and how to do Facebook ads and how to get that traffic into your site and make these custom audiences and tailor these custom audiences with the various ways you can do that, you can make more sales. Uh, and uh, that can definitely really help you out when Google bites you or you're having trouble in, in other areas or other ways. And oh, did I mention more sales? You can make more sales. And it's way, 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 way cheaper than AdWords. So it's definitely something that you want to think about, you might want to take a look at. The other thing, I said two things. The other thing is that don't forget, Google is using social signals as ranking factors. And so one of those things could be, oh, um, traffic. And one of those things could be, oh, um, happy Facebook traffic, the exact kind that Melissa just talked about, of your custom kind of audience, of so people who are tailored for you, who are going to like what you're selling and like what you're doing and want to read your content, want to buy your stuff. Are you making connections yet? Are connections being made in here? So we've definitely tested that kind of traffic and I can definitely say without a shadow of a doubt, that's the kind of thing you want to be looking for. It is a major kind of, Google is based on an aggregate ranking system. So the, uh, the more you add to the ranking recipe, the, the, higher you're going to, the higher you're going to rank and the better you're going to rank compared to everybody else. So if they are taking advantage of Facebook traffic or social traffic, 
any kind of social traffic. That could be from any kind of social site. Hey, Jesper, I'm just going to mute you for now. If you want to ask a question, go ahead and unmute yourself, okay? Not a problem. Thank you, sir. Um, and that's any social traffic as well. So your Facebook traffic, which you're getting at like, Melissa has gotten down to one, one cent or two cents a click. So it can be that cheap, people. So um, if they're paying 30 cents a click or they're paying three bucks a click from AdWords or they're paying five bucks or 10 bucks a click for AdWords, you can match them pound for pound and exceed them possibly for SEO value by going to this Facebook traffic. So again, email Melissa at Melissa uh, at gmail.com or join our mentorship group. She's on our mentorship group as well and ask some uh, Facebook questions. Try and get this information. Join our group to learn about not only the SEO science that Ted's doing, but that we're doing as well using Cora and other tools and our single variable experiments. And also you can get information from Melissa as well for all that Facebook information. It is uh, just go to bit.ly slash SEO proof. That's bit slash L-Y. So bit.ly slash S-E-O-P-R-O-O-F. Bitly slash SEO proof, and you can see the results of stuff we're doing. We've got like 170, 180 uh, uh, examples in there of people killing it, uh, 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 really getting really good successes. And so check it out. Don't believe me. Go to bit.ly slash SEO proof and see what we've done. All right. Now, let's go to the SEO Q&A, guys. Let's see if we can get you some good SEO information here for the rest of the show. If you have any questions you're watching on YouTube Live, go ahead and ask them on the top right-hand side. You should see over here, uh, uh, or is it this side, this side? I think it's this side. This side, you should be able to see it. And uh, uh, if you can just uh, make sure you, uh, if you can, uh, questions for me, if you could put a few asterisks in them, a few stars, so I, to make sure I see them, because I'm not always sure if you're asking me or if you're asking Ted a, a, a core question or not. And um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna open up first to my panel here I got on the show. Uh, do you guys, uh, Dan, David, George, or Jesper, do you guys have any questions you want to ask first before I start answering questions here in the uh, YouTube chat? Okay, so Simon asked, if you guys do, go ahead and unmute yourself. Did you have a question there, uh, David? <laughs> I don't know how to use this. <laughs> it's working now. Do you have a question? Uh, just uh, Melissa's email again. Melissa's email again, it's melissabashinsky at gmail.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-A-C-H-Y-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, not a problem. Um, I better have your email memorized. Uh, okay. Uh, Simon asked a question. I just want to read it out. because So he says, can you combine all the vector equations to create a Google model? Yes. I think, uh, Ted, unless I'm wrong, I think that's right along the lines of exactly what you're doing, it's creating, uh, essentially creating a Google model. Well, we're we're measuring, and what, what we're actually doing with the correlation is we're trying to find uh, clues as to what might be contributing to the sort order of the results. So the same way you could go to uh, Amazon and do a search on Amazon and notice that the results are sorted by price descending. Price descending is a ranking factor in Amazon. And we can mathematically figure out, you know, what appears to be contributing to the sort order. And so when we take the uh, 570 factors we measure and we reduce it down to the two or three dozen that 
appear to be contributing to the sort order, what happens is our guesses about what to work on get significantly better. That's why it works. And so we like to reduce down to that list so that we're working on things that appear to move the needle in terms of rankings. Yeah. Um, so again, I mean, I can't, I can't even express how excited I am. I can't even express how good this is. Of what this is like the this is like the magical Coro. The Coro is already fantastic, wonderful. Uh, uh, like I said, the de facto SEO tool. But the fact that it would be able to get to the point where it can do this is just like I don't even know if you can advertise it. If, if Google finds out what you're doing, like, like they're going to try to hire you or they're going to try to sue you, one or the other. I mean, this is. Are you worried about that at all? Well, I, I go to great lengths to try to remain within compliance of Google's terms of service. So if any SEO tool can survive, it ought to be mine because most of the others don't give a crap about Google's terms of service. So mm -hmm. given that I go to great lengths to honor them, uh, you know, hopefully I should be uh, resilient. Well, if it, Ted suddenly disappears... He's he's got a code in his in his basement in in like his underground bunker right now with his coat and, and hat on. That's why he's wearing that. No, he's wearing that because he's sick. I'm spending a joke, but uh, if he ever disappears, then you better email me because because uh, I'll I'll find out where Ted is. I'll be like Ted, where are you? I'll, I'll I'll hire private investigators to find him, and we'll have to go dark with it. Hopefully not. But okay, um, Jordan, I saw you joined us here. How are you doing today, Jordan? Good. How's everyone doing? We're doing fantastic. What's new and what's going on? The, Jordan uh, is another of our co-hosts for uh, local SEO. Um, uh, he's doing uh, crazy local SEO stuff and experiments and entity stuff. I've seen him do it in front of my very eyes at conferences, and it's very, very interesting. What's new in the world of uh, uh, local SEO right now, Jordan? Uh, nothing new right now. Just looking forward to uh, 2019. There's been some uh, rumors that they're adding uh, quite a bit of new features for Google My Business. So mm. excited to see what's coming out this year. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Google keeps wanting to make advancements in that area, like Google Products, Google Google Posts, more entity stuff, more Google Property stuff that. Definitely, you can manipulate for rankings. So it's very interesting. That could be a game changer. You know, stuff they release on that level can be a game changer because of the ranking weight. They usually like to give their own properties and stuff like that. Yep. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Okay. So let's get to some of the SEO questions here in the chat. Uh, Twok3Design asks, what would you place in the ID field of your website schema? I've seen people use hashtags like domain.com slash uh, hash organization, and others use a subdomain with company info on it. Any input? Um, hmm, do you guys have any input for that? You should put your homepage. That's what I would imagine. I mean, I don't know what the ID field in the microdata usually refers to, but if it's supposed to refer to your your uh, organization, then probably just your, just your homepage because – uh, it's very important to have a one-to-one -one correlation in a lot of these areas for entity building. Okay, Marco asks, imagine you have about 100, 200 pages with lots of keyword cannibalization. Any tips or ideas how to go about it? Yeah, Marco, don't. <laughs> don't have 100 to 200 pages of keyword cannibalization because you're widening out your word cluster. You're widening out your, your tag cloud. Sorry, Ted, go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say if it's an e-commerce site like a jewelry site and you have 54 different sterling silver bracelets, uh, keyword cannibalization is fine then as long as you're clever about foretending the products when they go out of stock. So the next one that you have in stock appears in search as quickly as possible. So for online retail, you want keyword cannibalization. You depend on it to keep your product moving. Um, now, if you entered in a blog into your store and your blog pages outrank your category pages and, and that's what you're seeing, then my advice is separate the blog. Put the blog on a different domain name and then both can rank for the same keyword instead of one ranking instead of the other for the same keyword. So break it up by domain names. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree entirely. You have to remember what does keyword cannibalization mean? So if they're searching for a, a, 10, a gold ring at the size 10, gold ring size 12, gold ring size 14, those are all different keywords that have different user intent and should get you on a different page ostensibly. When we're talking about, so that's not what I'm talking about when I mean keyword cannibalization. When I'm talking about keyword cannibalization, I'm talking about when you have just, you know, what's the, the top 10 best red apples, top 10, uh, 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 my favorite 10 best red apples, the best 10 red apples. Those are essentially all the same page, just worded differently. That's more when you're getting into keyword cannibalization. And when you're forcing Google to make a choice between ranking between those three pages for the, for the different kind of sentiment-based queries, more or less along those lines. And so at the end of the day, what is keyword cannibalization or not is when Google can't decide between your pages and is A-B testing you and, and rank fluctuating you and ranking you for this and trying you for that. You can see this in Search Console. You can see dots and dashes when they've moved you off and they've put you back. That's all a quality problem. It can also have something to do with the spammy links you've been buying maybe. That's the exact kind of uh, 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 diagnostic we see in, in Search Console when you're doing stuff like that. And we know this for a fact because we've scientifically tested it in scientifically uh, 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 clean environments. So, uh, or what we call single variable environments which, which uh, involves and gets changed all the time and maybe even getting better. So um, uh, the, the, short, the short answer is delete pages. Delete pages until you have the, the best possible pages there. And here's a little pro tip you can use for that is that when you do a search, uh, when you search your keyword on Google, all the words that are, uh, well, actually, here, let me, let me, let me show you. Let me show you what I mean. So if I search for, I don't know, like I said, best miter saws, not nest miter saws, best miter saws. Or let's search for, I don't know, something else. Uh, let's find a good one here. Okay, so when I share my screen here. So when we go for miter saw reviews 2018, all the stuff that's bolded in here are, are what we call variant keywords. Uh, which are, are uh, Cora calls them keywords, uh, Page Optimizer Pro calls them variants. Uh, I'll call them variant keywords to, to blend the two. And these are all stuff that should be on the same page. What shouldn't be on the same page for MitreSaw Reviews 2018 is any of these ones down here. 
This is a different query. So these are not the kind of words, in my opinion, you should have on that query. These are different queries that you need to um, uh, put on a different page. Another thing is that whatever you see here in the auto-suggest, these are different and or more specific queries that should be on different pages. And so anything in here and in here is a different page. Anything you see in here on this, uh, this search query is on the same page. And that's a quick way you can tell whether or not you should be uh, having uh, new pages or have them all on the same page. Okay. Uh, Christopher Ramsey asked you, Ted, can you go over the different versions of Quora? Keywords, page, correlate anything, trends, outreach. Uh, did you want to answer that uh, live or in the chat? Oh, well, I'll probably make a webinar to go in detail, but uh, Cora Diff is a tool that lets you compare any two reports to see what changed between the two reports. Cora Trends lets you fill a folder full of any number of related reports, like if you have a tightly grouped niche, and then it'll analyze which factors correlate strongly across the whole set of reports. Um, correlate Anything lets you, well, correlate anything. It gives you access <laughs> to the math engine Acora, so you can put in your own measurements and discover factors we haven't even thought of. Um, Cora Outreach is a new experimental tool for, uh, uh, well, basically doing outreach. So it's got some clever, clever tricks for being able to, to find leads. Uh, Cora Page is for anybody that's trying to follow in the footsteps of Kyle Roof for SEO contests and, and experimentation. It uh, randomly generates a page based on uh, measurements from a Cora report. Um, so, you know, those, those are the kinds of things that are in there. I'm planning to expand the tool set this year. I want to add a text editor that as you edit the content, it uh, ticks down your factor deficits in real time. So Cora wow. for Writers tool is in active development. Um, I also want to do a costing tool so you can maintain a rate sheet of, uh, uh, of various factors. So you can say, you know, I charge this much per unit of this factor and that much per unit of that factor or uh, increments of time per unit of factors. And then you could just drop a Cora report on, the, uh, on this rate sheet tool and it'll give you costing for that keyword based on the things you uh, can address. Um, so yeah, I, I'm you know doing cool tools, and you know with the uh, being able to share data, there's going to be some pretty cool features this year. Okay, so all the uh, core questions, I'm just going to let uh, Ted answer in the chat, or just go and watch uh, some of his hangouts for sure. Um, uh, more questions for me. I don't see asterisks, so I don't know if they're for me or not. Hint, hint, if you want us to answer SEO questions on air, put asterisks beside them so I know that they're for me. Um, Battleboar asks, do links from indexed PDFs pass juice? Uh, I believe the short answer is yes. I believe that one of our testing groups tested that, and they did move the needle with PDF links. Uh, and Ted uh, uh, answers this here that PDFs get converted into HTML and processed as normal by Google. 
that's an interesting little tidbit. I didn't know that. Um, uh, Battlebore asks again, if you have a brand new site that you want to rank and if you send traffic bidding for ads in your keyword, do you think it will potentially speed up ranking as you're delivering behavior metric earlier than anticipated despite the initial Google bump that Google usually gives you? Um, here's the problem is that you can't just send any traffic to your site. You can't send tra crap traffic. You can't send um, micro workers. I've tried. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it'll de-index pages. So you've got to be careful there. Uh, spamming or spoofing the traffic metric is very hard to do. And you've got to be very careful about the way you do it. In my opinion, call me a white hat. But usually it's much easier to build a great page and buy actual Facebook traffic, which is usually much cheaper and actually might have the, the, the chance of making a purchase or at least liking your page or, 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 or being interested in your page and buying something. And they usually have the, the proper uh, sentiment uh, uh, movements built into what they're doing to give you the kind of boosts that we, that we, that we see in the lab and we see in testing that you need to have to actually get boosts. Uh, and not have any drops. If you start buying the wrong traffic and they do the wrong thing, you'll start to actually negative SEO yourself. You'll start to get drops quite possibly as opposed to the boosts. So I would not recommend at all just playing with this. It's usually better to try and go for real traffic that's actually going to convert. And then you'll also see how well your page is converting and you have to make those changes as well to, to convert that. Um, Income Solutions says, what is your take on the update that happened in October, the Medic update? Um, Income Solutions, uh, the Medic update was not in October. The Medic update was in the end of July and the beginning of August. Uh, uh, people can relate the October update to that, but that's when the original Medic update was, I do believe. Uh, if you could check uh, Barry Schwartz's uh, SE Roundtable blog to see if that's the case. Um, uh, what happened there? I don't know off the top of my head. I know trends of what people have been doing and what's been going on since then. Uh, uh, and I have core information based on that that I share with my mentorship group. Uh, basically, they're all relevancy updates. Uh, uh, so whatever is relevancy based. So if you had Cora, my friend, you could have you told me what happened in your niche for the October update if you're running Cora or using Cora Diff. Uh, you could check to see, or core trends, you could check to see. Um, there is, I'll give you one little hint. So this is what we found for the uh, the actual, this is what we found for the actual medic update, which was uh, in uh, which was in August. Uh, no, sorry, this was the August 20, uh, let me do the actual, uh, this is the actual uh, medic update, which was done in August. And this is a report that Core was able to pump out. This was the trends report. So basically, uh, Ted in the future is going to be able to provide this, not just for your own reports that you produce, but for everybody's reports they produce. All of the uh, data will be uh, anonymized, and so you won't be sharing any of your private data or any of your keywords. No one will be able to see your pages. No one will be able to see your niches. But we will be able to see uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, layout like this or similar as telling us to what the actual ranking factors are and what's correlating strongly and what's not. And that's gonna be just, just an unbelievably good tool. I would get into Cora ASAP to get used to it before that comes out and you have a giant, huge learning curve. 
So um, this is the kind of thing that Cora can, uh, even so, this is the kind of thing that Cora can produce right now. And let me just, uh, so when you're asking, what was his change in October? Well, it would have been along these lines, my friend. See, keywords, keywords, term frequency. That's talking about the frequency of the terms, a.k.a. Keywords. keywords. Keywords, 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 and more keywords. So there's uh, the relevancy updates are dealing with uh, how do you determine, how does the, now remember, there's an artificial intelligence now determining how to rank pages for, for Google. And so if you're a dumb artificial intelligence, what is the best way for you as a dumb artificial intelligence, I like to call tank brain, uh, what is the best way for you to determine what a page is about, to, deter to determine what uh, page is relevant for in, order, in, in terms of ranking? Uh, maybe what's written on the page? Maybe that's the best way to tell if this page is about best red apples because it talks about best red apples. And in fact, this page is the most about best red apples because it talks about best red apples most. Has Google gone back to 2001 rankings? Yes, in a way they have because now they have an AI making all the dumb decisions they used to make in 2001 that will slowly get smarter just as they did. So that's one of the major factors. Social is another major factor, social proof, a whole bunch of quality factors and a whole bunch of traffic factors that I just talked about. So if you really want to know what actual is going on, you need to join a science-based group that's testing this. Uh, no other group can do this. Only science-based groups can tell you because the artificial intelligence is making all the decisions. And so we still have idiots out there who think they're in the SEO industry. They're not. They're in the smokescreen industry. They're in the guess EO industry, as we like to call it. They're not in the science EO industry. And they are guessing wildly what they think some Google engineer chose when they don't even realize that it's the AI making the decisions now. The, the engineers are not even making the decisions. They don't even know how it works, and they have no scientific way of testing it. So their guesses are complete and utter crap, and you shouldn't be listening to them. You should only be using Cori. You should only be joining science-based groups. So, um, yeah, so that's the way you would get the information. You've got to join a science-based group. Mine is pretty much full, almost full. If you want to join it, I would contact me very quickly at joshbrzezinski at gmail.com, or you can read more information about my science-based group at secretseo.guru and check bit.ly uh, slash SEO proof out if you want to see the kind of results that we, we provide. Don't take my word for it that we know what we're talking about. Go check out bit.ly slash SEO proof. Okay, so any more questions here? Uh, I see some questions here. Um. Okay, so Battleboar is uh, B. Adelboar, Boar Battles. I don't know. I don't know what your name is. Uh, it's asking some questions. Oh, talking with Ted there about uh, Link Juice. So Ted's talking with him. Fine. So he asked a question with some asterisks. Uh, if you have a brand new site that you want to rank, if you send traffic bidding for ads and keyword, do you think it was speed up ranking? I answered that already. Uh, and he's specifically asking about Google Ads. Well. There is a boost that's been tracked by others that when you buy AdWords that um, uh, you do seem to get a personalization boost, a ranking boost, because they recognize your, 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 your brand name, your domain name from higher, higher up in the SERP, and they might click you down below. But they might also click your AdWords and, and waste you money. So instead of getting AdWords traffic for like $3 a click, why not try Facebook traffic? If you're, if you're just doing it for the SEO boost, Get, get Facebook traffic, it's way cheaper. 
Okay. Lee Witcher asks, how long does it take a Google update to roll out across the web? It depends. Depends on what kind of update it is, but it doesn't take very long. Uh, depends if they're watching it and, 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 and nursing it. Uh, so sometimes it can take a couple days. Sometimes it can take a couple weeks. Uh, it's, it's hard to know for sure. Uh, Adrian uh, comments or asks, lately my posts are taking a lot to get indexed. The tracking tool is telling me the posts are nowhere to be found. At some point, they come on page two to three and disappear again. Any ideas why? Yes, I have a whole slew of ideas why that is, Adrian. Um, you don't have a, a high, your site is not trusted by Google. You do not have a high enough quality score. Google needs to trust your site. They need to um, uh, you need to have a higher quality score. The users who go there and the traffic that goes there needs to be uh, much more receptive to the content they're finding. Plus, they don't see that you're relevant enough. You might have also have speed problems or schema problems. Yeah. So these are all the kinds of things that we fix in my mentorship group. Uh, you definitely need to look deeper into that. And recent, uh, uh, recent experimentation has shown that what, what's happening at Google if you search for even a keyword like Google itself, there are millions of pages about Google out there. Google will only return, you know, around 500 search results for it. So what that tells you is from the primary index of Google, that keyword only has, you know, 500 slots of what it can return. So out of those millions of pages about Google, Google's only going to show 500 in the search results. So what ends up happening is the ones at the top, they're at the top. Google's found them to be quality. They get to reside there. Then there's a section that I like to call the volatile middle. And in the volatile middle, Google A-B tests all of the pages that are outside of that 500 in the primary index. So you are probably in the volatile middle. There are probably more pages than spots to rank for your keyword and google is a b testing you as a function of time and what what josh said you need more factors you need factor diversity you need your quality you need to get click-through rate those are the kinds of signals that are probably going to get you out of the volatile middle and into the consistent rankings yep um, Mooples asks, what is your view on new Amazon affiliate site for 2019? Um, you can you can run an Amazon affiliate site in 2019. The, the reason why I downplay Amazon affiliate sites is I just don't like their conversion. I, I, no, I don't like their um, commission rates. They pay a very small commission. And unless you're doing Amazon for some big ticket items, uh, it can be very hard to make a buck. Now, if you are not in the West, if you're if you're east, if, if you're not in the first world country and a thousand bucks a month is going to be good for you, then by all means do it. Um, you know, if a thousand bucks a month US is like a godsend for you, then go ahead. But that's more kind of what, even if you're ranking on page one and you've got like 8,000, you know, sales a month, you know, if, if it's you're only getting paid 10 cents on, on the sale, do the math. It's not a lot of money. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, it can make sense in some cases. 
uh, for people uh, even who need more money per month. But I know affiliate niches where you can make 10 grand a month, 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand a month if you know what you're doing. And so uh, doing being an affiliate is a full-time job. You have to be constantly looking for new niches, constantly babying your sites, constantly making new sites, making new pages, doing the SEO for all of them, acquiring your links, doing all that stuff, hanging out with these affiliate people, going to their conferences, learning of the new products that are coming out. Products go up and down. Businesses go up and down. Google makes your sites go up and down unless you know what you're doing. It is a full-time job to stay on top of all of that. And so um, uh, I, I wouldn't say don't go to be an Amazon affiliate and don't, don't try to fit into the models that already exist uh, because there's a billion people in the models that already exist, literally, because India is getting online, Brazil is getting online, the rest of the world is getting online. There's literally, you literally have a billion people going, hmm, I'm going to follow the prefab way of doing it. That's your competition, right? I don't like those odds. Um, I'm definitely look. I'm personally looking at, at continuing my affiliate operations for next for this year, uh, and doubling down on them. Actually, I'm probably going to slow down on some of the client work and start picking up again more in the affiliate stuff of what I used to do, and uh, because it for for a number of reasons. And uh, if you know the niches, look to be an affiliate that knows what niches to go for and knows what areas to go for. And with our methods in my, uh, and it's not bragging or a sales pitch, but with the methods, the scientific best based methods that I have access to in my group and other groups like mine and using Quora, I don't really have to worry about how difficult it is. I know I can compete in, in pretty much any niche. Payday loans? Yeah, sure. Whatever. I can put a, I can put a page there and I have a, a very good chance of being able to do so. And doing, doing so cheaply as opposed to people who are messing around, wasting more time, wasting more, more money doing it. So I wouldn't think of being an Amazon affiliate for 2019. I would think, do I want to be an affiliate, period? Look at the best niches. Look at different companies. Look at how much they pay out. Look at how long they've been in business. Look at the likelihood of them continuing paying out. And look at whether or not you think you have the scientific knowledge to compete in some of these areas. And that's kind of a better SWOT analysis, uh, to use the lingo, of whether or not you want to do that for 2019 and, uh, and further on. Uh, Battleboar asks, eat a complete red herring. I see more answers beneath there. I'll give you my take. No, it's not a complete red herring, but it's too vague. The SEO industry, the guessio industry is, is, um, is, uh, uh, it is, it has a, the plague of vagueism. The plague is, the plague is vague, uh, uh, because they don't know the scientific basis for all the ranking factors. So they speak in vagueisms, which are the scraps and the misinformation, literally the misinformation and the disinformation that Google feeds the SEOs, the guessios, that uh, so that they can talk about stuff and think they still have an industry when they really, really don't. Um, uh, if you check out my last uh, show I did last week, the special surprise Christmas show, uh, a top-level uh, Martin McDonald, the top-level SEO from the UK, put out a poll he did on his Twitter and he asked how many of you give out guarantees for your ranking and only 17% give out guarantees for their rankings. That is redonkulous. Now let's factor out the, I don't know, two to 5% who, who give a guarantee when they have no business doing so that leaves only 10 to 15% of, of SEOs giving out guarantees who have any, and that tells you how many of them think they have any idea. They know what they're doing. Of course, I, I give I give out guarantees every time. I guarantee if you follow our methods, you're going to rank better. 
so uh, and 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 how could I be an SEO and not give you guarantees that you're going to spend money with me and not at least something's going to get better, right? Your sales are going to get better, your CTR is going to get better if you listen to me. There's a bunch of caveats there, okay? Like one, you listen to what I say. Two, you do what I say. Three, you follow all my examples. Four, you do it in a timely manner. You know, stuff like that. So. Uh, everyone has to give those those provisos though. So ignoring those provisos, yes, of course, we guarantee that your rankings are going to get better. We can. We're in a position to guarantee because we know scientifically what the ranking factors are. We can measure them scientifically with with tools like Cora. So um, so eat's not a complete red herring. It's a vagueism. There's something very important in the expertise, authority, and trust. Uh, uh, there's something very important in there, a specific ranking factor, a secret that we found that nobody else knows about that is a huge ranking factor when it comes to medic. And it, it, it could be in the eat category uh, uh, that we found that nobody else knows about. And so uh, I know when Jordan uh, learned of it from our group uh, that uh, I know he was interested in it. Uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah. So it's not a complete red herring, but it's a, it's so vague. It's no point in 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 in, uh, in dealing with it or, or or using it in any way. There's, there's no point. Uh, Jason asked a question without asterisks, but I'm assuming it's for me. What are your thoughts on content pruning to boost the SEO performance of the top 20% of pages generating rankings in organic search traffic? Well, first off, Jason, 100% of your ranking pages should be ranking. If you know what you're doing and using scientific methods, all of your pages are ranking, not just 20%. If only 20% of your pages are ranking, that site's sick. It has a cancer and you need to fix it. Otherwise, those 20% of pages are not going to be ranking for very much longer. Uh, I know this for scientific facts. Um, and how would I uh, prune to boost the SEO performance of the top pages? Um, I would do it right from the beginning based on what the science tells us is the way to do it. Uh, so I wouldn't throw it out there and try and fix it. I mean, I wouldn't just throw a site away. I would try and fix it even if we've, even using our scientific factors, it doesn't seem to be working right and we've missed something or Google changed something. Uh, in the rare, rare times those, that occurs, the majority of the time it, it, it works right because we do it right from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, um, there's, there's, it, that's too, it's way too vague. Uh, you have to do is you have to do an audit, a full audit of the, of the site. You have to do a Quora audit of the page and the way I teach how to do a Quora audit of the page. Uh, and you need of uh, each ranking page and you need to do pop you need to check your speed uh, You need to do all kinds of things like that in order to get that going um, So again, you have to join a scientific group to that knows how to do this and can teach you how to do this uh, Speaking of which Gabe in the chat here asks what can you can you talk more about what is in your mentorship group? Is it training or access? It is both so um, again I don't want to make this whole thing a, a sales pitch for my mentorship group or for Cora but my mentorship group is both training and access. Uh, you get access to all of our scientific experiments. We have the biggest discount for, uh, for, for Cora. We have a 30% discount for students of my mentorship group. Uh, uh, Ted has been kind enough up until uh, through, through, through 2018, Ted was kind to also grant us with demo licenses for Cora. I hope like something like that will continue in the future uh, based on, he's, he's nodding his head, folks. He's nodding his head. We have the win. So um, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Ted's going to continue to do some kind of free licenses for us, some kind of demo licenses for some from some students. I'm going to cough. Yeah, yeah this uh, this month it's going to be a bit delayed. I have to create a script for kind of managing that. We have to lock it down. There's you know a little bit of exploit here and there. There are mistakes made, so we just got to 
clean it up, but yeah, we'll keep doing it. Perfect. I appreciate that, Ted. Thank you very much. And my students definitely uh, appreciate it. Um, uh, and, and that's just another thing I want to mention in that I know I used to be a vice president of a software company. I know a little bit about uh, software security online, and I know how few people care about it. Ted cares about it immensely. He knows all the he knows uh, software security intimately, and he's building Cora in a way. Just so you know, you have peace of mind. He's building Cora with security in mind and and closing all down all the exploits and not allowing us to use it in, in insecure ways. So in case you were worried about, worried about people hacking your hacking site. Your uh, sorry, Tracy, I'm just going to mute you for now, but if you want to ask a question, after by all means, go ahead. If you're worried about people, uh, core security, you don't have to because Ted's all over that. I just wanted to say that. Not a lot of people even know or care about it, but I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Um, and it's desktop software. We don't see anything. The only thing it does is the licensing check. So your data is all on your wow. computer, stays on your computer, and that's the only way we like it. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and when you're doing this giant uh, trend analyzer, whatever you're going to call that, um, uh, like you said, that's all anonymized. So no one gets your personal data. You don't have to worry about that at all. And opt-in. And opt-in, yeah. Which I would, if you opt-in, can you still see the data or do you have to opt-in to see the data? Uh, no, it'll be generally available. But uh, you want to participate because the more people that do, the better the information. So. Yeah, I would say for now. I know this is there's long off. We're talking about this thing like it's tomorrow. Ted's gonna pull his hair out, but but uh, but no, I would say guys, opt into this because it's only gonna be better for the whole community. The community of Cora users are gonna dominate everybody else. Just dominate them if we all opt into this thing. We are gonna have such advanced SEO knowledge. It's it's gonna be sick. It's gonna be just literally sick. So, but it's only if we opt into it. So I will definitely opt in. I'll opt in all my computers, and I would tell my students to all opt in as well for sure. So anyway, I was talking about my mentorship group. In my mentorship group, uh, we have a few seats left, not many at all. I would contact me right away. Um, uh, uh, you have a complete access to me 24-7 on Skype. Uh, the only time you don't have access to me is when I'm sleeping. Sorry, I haven't figured out a way to put a chip in my brain yet. I'm sure that's coming, though. Uh, and, and all the uh, scientific, uh, uh, all the scientific uh, experiments we've done, all the ranking factors we know about, all the secret ranking factors we know about, all the best ways of doing it, how to guarantee you're going to get rankings like bit.ly slash SEO proof. Just check out that folder and see. We have like 170 different pieces of evidence in there showing you we know what we're doing and our science is on point. Uh, it's always getting better, of course, as well. And uh, we have the biggest discount for Cora. We have free demo licenses for Cora or some kind of equivalent. Uh, it's the only place you can try Cora uh, extensively for free. Uh, and... Uh, and I know the best people. I got Jordan in there. Uh, I've got Ted in there in our science lab. We've got all kinds of people in there. So uh, Kyle's in the science lab as well. So uh, I think definitely it's it's worth it. Uh, and uh, uh, like I said, we we don't have we don't have unlimited seats because the more people we allow in, the the more conversation there is, and the more students to handle. So I would ask about getting in sooner rather than later. Okay, let me try and eat some more. Eat some more. I was reading that. Let me try to eat and answer, digest and answer some more SEO questions here. Um, I see, Jason, you said afterwards, you said uh, the other 80% is fat. Yeah, you shouldn't have any fat. There should be no fat on your site. Every page is a, is a, is a ranking page or a direct correlate to a ranking page, and I'm not talking silos. Uh, silos are uh, not an optimal SEO idea. 
they, I tested them in the past and they do not work as well as people think they do. Uh, they're mostly BS. And so I'm not talking about silos. You should not have a blog really unless uh, your blog is your ranking pages. Every page is a ranking page or you don't have it. Or it's a direct corollary to ranking page, like a terms and condition page, a contact us page, the about us page. That's about it. And shopping cart because you need to process or you know whatever those kind of pages are. And maybe a, maybe not a sitemap, uh, but uh, I wouldn't have a sitemap. I wouldn't have a list of, of uh, links like that. So every page is a ranking page. You shouldn't have any fat there. Jason, uh, Devilo Club asks, do you suggest physical or digital affiliate products to promote? It doesn't really matter. Um, when you're doing the SWOT analysis, the SWOT analysis stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You're going to make a, you're going to do a risk reward analysis. I would suggest having a giant whiteboard or an Excel file like I like to use and write down a huge matrix of decisions of pros and cons really uh, for, for do you want to be an affiliate for them or not? And write down all the pros and cons and you should do this for your business. If you haven't done this for your business, how do you even, you haven't planned your business out. Why do you think your business is going to succeed? And sometimes it can be a physical products. So there's pros and cons for physical products and there's pros and cons for digital products. So you just have to do the math, folks. You just have to write down the pros and cons and look at it and think about it and have it on your wall for a while and write you know numbers beside it and decide, no, I don't want to do that. And yeah, I think I like this. And then the decision will emerge. The best course for you is going to be on the wall. It's going to be on your Excel sheet and you'll be able to decide for yourself what it is you want to do. Christopher asks, is there a place to find people who are looking for new affiliate products other than like ClickBank or for shipping products? That's a great question. I've been looking high and low. I've been trying to set up a, a group just for affiliate products, my mentorship group. I have courses on finding products. I have courses on the secret ways of using tools, uh, uh, low cost tools, even some free tools of finding uh, niches, new niches and products. So again, that's all information I have in my mentorship group. I would check that out. Uh, Ted had a good point about selling what you're passionate about. It really is a, a good, that's a very white hat suggestion, but it's a very good suggestion in that if you can write about it passionately and you know about it and you can give an angle about the product that is important, that's, that's, that's definitely going to give you a leg up in trying to sell the product for sure. Um, Battleboar asks, would having a terms and conditions page be an eat factor? Um, again, eat is a vagueism that I don't deal with. I don't deal with eat. Uh, it's a vagueism. I mostly don't know what it talks about, and I mostly refuse to talk about it because it's a vagueism. People who want to talk about in those in those terms, without without tying it to a scientific base of actual ranking factor and experiment and proof, uh, you basically don't want to deal with. So, so is uh, having a terms and conditions page would be an eat factor? I would say question failure. <laughs> Ask a better question. What you really want to know is having terms and conditions a ranking factor, and uh, the answer is yes. Uh, it highly correlates with rankings anyway, uh, and so I would, I would definitely uh, would would consider that uh, in that in that uh, consider that instead. Adrian asks, would it be easier to rank in more spammier niches in countries like Spain or Brazil? Yes. Am I right to believe that Google is not that up to date in those countries? Yes. Don't get me wrong. Their traffic analysis is traffic analysis. But they're an English-centric company, and so they do not have as good spam detection in other languages. So that doesn't mean you can go buy forum profiles or comment links or cloaked links in those other languages. They'll be able to detect that as well, just as easy. But their ability to determine whether or not this blog is simply made for linking 
or this blog is 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 a legitimate blog with a real readership, uh, their ability to determine that decreases as you move away from their primary language uh, languages. And that would be the links you are cough cough acquiring. He's using scare quotes, people acquiring, acquiring links on. That oh yeah, if other people have them, you're gonna need them. So don't believe this BS out there that the guessios are talking about that you can rank without links. Yes, you can. If it's much more complex than that, it's like saying you can win. That's like saying you could win the Olympics without ever training. Possibly, if everybody else there sucks really bad, <laughs> it's a new Olympic category. But otherwise, no. The vast majority of time, no. You cannot win the Olympics without training, and the vast majority of time, no. You cannot rank in a in a niche without acquiring links. And we know the best kind of links to acquire, and our methods improve the power of those links three to five times in scientific testing. Want to know how? Join the group. Oh my goodness, I see so many questions here. Okay, Battlebore asks, having testimonials, reviews, qualifications, case studies, would actively be looking for this part of the eat algo? Again, I don't know, eat to vagueism. I'm gonna, this is a lightning round. I'm gonna go through these in lightning. Thanks, Josh, talking about inherited websites. Most of them have hundreds or thousands of index pages, but only 20% of them actually rank in the top 20 sports for their target keywords. That's a dangerous business there, Jason. It's like you've bought, uh, you've bought, you've, you've hired people to run in your uh, Olympic race that have cancer. Forgive me for the extreme. It, uh, they're, they're sick and they only work 20% of the time. Um, that has uh, diminishing returns, my friend. Um, I would not recommend it. Uh, Jason says, I'm asking you how to trim the fat. Do I redirect it, delete it, or and no index meta robots tag? Um, either of those are fine. If you have links coming into those, you have to uh, 301 to equivalent pages or something equivalent. You can't just redirect to the index page because that will be a soft 404. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Toby asks, bump for a video on how to do scientific testing, please. Um, I'll have to think about that. I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can share that out there of, of how we're doing it. I don't know if Ted wants to share his methods either of how he does it. I don't want Google seeing how we're doing our scientific testing. What What's the question? The question is, can we share a video of how we do our scientific testing? Well, pro probably not a video, but you know, in a in a nutshell, you invent an imaginary keyword that no one in the world would ever search, mm -hmm. and you rank you know five or more pages for that keyword. And uh, then you wait a bit, and then you go to number three in those rankings, and you modify it in some way that you want to test. And then it has room to go up or down. And then you wait and see, and you know, anywhere from a few hours to a month or so, you get a definitive result. Uh, sometimes that definitive result is inconclusive. Mm -hmm. Then you uh, repeat the test and do more tests. Yeah, that's the basic way. We call that uh, single variable testing. Uh, uh, and now there's different ways you could do it. You can do it with uh, English gibberish, lorem ipsum gibberish. I like to use an alphanumeric gibberish. Uh, it produces different results. It has different pros and cons. Uh, there's more advanced ways of doing it. There's, there's statistically significant ways of doing it where you run that test like 10 times. You run it 100 times and see statistically what you get a better result that way. It's probably more statistically significant as to what's a ranking factor or not. You can run it one time, you do it static, you can run it over time. Uh, Ted is getting into also very other interesting areas where I don't want to release too much of what you're doing there, Ted, so you talk more about it as much as you want. 
but he's leaning more in the direction of doing hundreds of tests or thousands of tests simultaneously with multiple pages, stripping out stronger factors so that he has a better factor measurement for weaker factors. And this is um, uh, going to be very handy. Hopefully, the hypothesis is that this is going to be very handy, which I'm hoping comes true, is going to be uh, very handy in uh, determining uh, weak factors versus strong factors and might, maybe being a little bit more precise for some of these weaker factors that we're not, we're not uh, that the other testing methods may not be so secure on. Yeah, I'm, I'm big into testing my methods. And so the two things I'm really cracking down on this year are uh, basically, since we know that Google is changing about daily, we need to rerun all of our tests about daily. So we need a systems approach to testing. So that's one of the ways I'm trying to change how I test. And then the other thing is that uh, we're learning that uh, the way that we conduct our test cases can introduce error. So I'm looking at finding sources of error in our test cases. So for example, uh, if you had a bunch of scales and you were measuring feathers, if you put fairly an anvil on each scale, you know, and then tried to measure your feathers, you're introducing error. You're you're gonna have your feather measurements way off. Yeah. Um, and so that can happen in SEO testing, like if you have your uh, keywords in the title or the URL those are fairly shared anvils when you're trying to measure very weak factors and see what they do. Yeah, so we have all kinds of ways we're advancing the testing, and that's part of science as well. Testing your own tests, uh, epistemologically, how do you know you know what you know? You have to test your own tests and see how accurate they are, see what the variance of, like when they do scientific polls for political polls, for example, they'll tell you it's 90% with a plus or minus or 9% or whatever. Like They're able to tell you what the variance is. And so we need to do more scientific testing to tell what our variance is. And we need to be able to, to peer review, test other tests and multiple uh, run other multiple tests. So there's more to it than what we're explaining. Uh, there's some tricks to doing it properly that, that if you don't do it, you're not gonna get good test results uh, that we haven't mentioned. Uh, we cannot mention everything. I don't know. I, I don't want Google knowing how we're doing our testing. They've already singled out and and uh, punished severely one uh, one of our testers in the community last year. So I'm not gonna. Uh, sorry, I can't make a video to show you how I do this scientific testing. It wouldn't be any more complex than what I'm what I've just talked about. Either you understand science well enough, you can figure out how to do what we're talking about based on what we've already said, or you just need to join a group where there's there's trained scientists, people who have taken academics and have some idea of the science to do it for you and to explain the results. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't really put it out there exactly how we do it. Uh, that would just be giving away all of our advantage to Google, who would immediately crush us and change everything. So I, I just can't. I have, I have over 100 students who rely on me right now. I, I, obviously, I cannot do that. Uh, Battleboar asks, just to clarify an answer from Ted, did you say Cora will lorem ipsum generate content based on the factors that Cora recommends for targeting a specific keyword? The answer is yes. Uh, Oz asks, is the training... Not, not, it's not lorem ipsum. It does uh, spin text templates for random sentences. Oh, there you go. Okay. 
Um, Oz, Oz, uh, Oz James asks, are the trainings recorded? Of course, the trainings are all recorded. Um, they're, uh, they, that we produced this, so we didn't. So yes, they're all recorded. So you can join live and ask questions, or you can, uh, you can watch the recording. We already have a whole corpus of courses already recorded. A corpus of courses, say that five times fast, already recorded for you to watch and go from zero to hero. And then, uh, then we allow you into the, uh, our Skype groups to start discussing science uh, at three at, uh, at the appropriate levels. Um, any more questions here? Jason asks, uh, I understand that all the pages should rank. That's why I'm telling these clients with hundreds and thousands of pages that don't produce. Fair enough, Jason. Again, I, I wasn't calling you out. I wasn't uh, meaning to single you out or make you feel bad in any way. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's numbers of ways to improve the statistical significance. Uh, five sites is one way. Multiple tests is one way. Multiple, uh, pages is one way. It's not such an easy problem actually. And like I said, there's things we're leaving out. So, so, um, about how, how to do these tests correctly. Have you heard, uh, Mooples asked, have you heard of Web20 Ranker links from existing real sites? Is this a legit service for links? No, do not buy any links from Web20 Ranker. Do not buy any links from anyone until you learn the proper way of getting links. Otherwise, you're throwing your money out and you can damage your site. Negative SEO is real. I've measured it. Uh, there's certain links, uh, maybe I even mentioned on the show today, that you cannot buy, uh, and even more than I mentioned today, that will tank your rankings. They will hurt your rankings. If you don't know what you're doing, you could very well hurt yourself. So uh, I really do think you need to join a scientific group. It doesn't have to be mine, join some other one, but you really do need to join a scientific group out there uh, and to learn what that is. Um, I would of course suggest that mine is the best one, but take it with a grain of salt. I'm the alien man saying that, so. Um, Trucking Unlimited ask, what's up, Josh? Thoughts on the current state of the lead gen business? Um, you can do it. Uh, you can you can rank these pages. Um, uh, do I like it? No. Do I knew Do I know more that much about it? Other than I know what it is and people do it. No. Again, you got to do your own SWOT analysis. You have to write all the factors down on the board. You need to get an Excel and. Write down all the pros and cons of doing this kind of business and decide what are the conversions, how tough is it, how easy it is to rank, how much is it going to cost, cost of getting there and time and money it's going to make back and how long it's going to make it back. I don't know really if there's a point in doing lead gen. We, we talked about this question before. And at the end of the day, when you're ranking it yourself, um, uh, do you want to sell the site or do you want to do lead gen on it? I don't know. It's, it's, it's totally up to you. I don't know what the prices are in there. I don't know what the commissions are in there, so you need to check it out. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So thank you very much for, for everyone for watching. This has been the white hat versus black hat SEO show. Um, uh, if you have any questions of us, you can email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. You can find more information about my mentorship group at secretseo.guru. We have only a few spots left. I would not uh, delay if you're interested. 
If you want to check out Cora, I would go to bit.ly slash get-cora. If you want information on Jordan's local mentorship group, uh, you'll want to contact Jordan Pierce somehow. Jordan, how should they contact you? Uh, you can reach out to me at jpierce1083 at gmail.com. That's J-P-E-A-R-C-E. -E. Yep. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, as we always, and if you need any uh, Facebook information, again, you can contact Melissa at melissabashinsky at gmail.com, or you can join our mentorship group. Uh, she's in there as well, helping people out. And uh, as I always say, uh, for those about to rank, we salute you, and good luck in the serve. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Where's the damn button? Turn off. Here we go. Okay.